Hello and welcome to Miss Bossy Boots, live from San Diego, California. How you doing, Jane? Oh, I'm pumped, Stace. Me too. It's the end of day one of Social Media Marketing World, the conference that Jane and I both invested in when we hit some pretty big, audacious, hairy goals of ours that we had put in place for ourselves. And here we are. Here we are. And let's be honest, we, we didn't actually wait until we hit those goals. We knew we would get really close to those goals. <laughs> And we booked it. Because <laughs> the early bird special was running out. Exactly. We're like, we'll we this. were sensible. We were sensible in our approach. But we did get to our goals. So so here we are. How was day one for you? How are you feeling? Oh, gosh. Where do I even start? I, I must say I, I finished my last session. We had three sessions today. We only had half a day of, of actual, you know, workshops and seminars. Um, and I was mentally exhausted. Now, some of that might be because I've just been on a travel whirlwind for the last five days, but I actually think a lot of it was because it was overload of excellent information and insight and um, provocative kind of um, thought that, that, that the workshops actually inspired. So at five o'clock I texted you and went yeah I think I just I actually just need to go into a cold like a a quiet dark room for the next (laughs) hour and of course it didn't take you much to convince me to come and have a few cocktails with with your friends which was which was a much better option but I was really um overwhelmed but you know in a good good way way. Yeah. yeah in a good way I think it's the sessions when you read the titles, and I must say, you know, we, you and I were discussing about how, well, I, I'm pretty ill-prepared in terms of knowing exactly what <laughs> sessions we do have over the next couple of days. And so I was reading the titles and I must say not a lot was actually jumping out at me. And so I was a little bit oh, um, dubious about what I was going to expect. But the three that I went to were pretty mind-blowing. What about you? I chose, I, I've already selected all of my um, sessions for the week and, uh, well, not for the week, for the three days that we're here. And truthfully, two of the sessions today, I went rogue. I went off my plan. Yes, So I did. didn't actually go to mm. the ones that I had um, been scheduled to go to. But that's because the level of content, uh, so there's maybe five or six sessions each session to choose at, from at each time and they slot. all sound amazing and mm. you and I are lucky that we've purchased all access passes so that mm. we have the ability to get the recordings later on thank goodness because what would you do if you didn't there's just so much so much mm. it's impossible to be in six places at once even though you want to be so we um have chosen what we want to go to and yeah. and have gone to those and today I kind of went a bit off script but we thought we would spend a couple of episodes on Miss Bossy Boots sharing our learnings from what we're getting out of the conference here mm. because even though it's called Social Media Marketing World I found a lot of my takeaways today were about life and about business yeah. more so than actual social media even though there's this stuff sprinkled through Mm. I have a lot of learnings to share that will be really valuable for our listeners yes and I agree and um in terms of the three that I went to one was 100% about channeling creativity which is not something that's even restricted to marketing or advertising or you know anything artistic necessarily it's um you've got to be creative in your thinking for all sorts of different um problem solving so yeah that was one and another one was um achieving goals and and changing your mindset so it was very very focused on limiting beliefs 
and changing limiting beliefs to power to empowering beliefs. Awesome. Um, which again, you know, that's not that. that's not got much to do with social media. You can apply it to anything. Um, and then the third one was copywriting and using psychology and nuance within copy for for and that's quite specific that's probably the most technical one that I went to but yeah I agree like it's it's stuff that you can apply to anything really yeah so let's start at the top I started off with a session um with Chris Ducker and Chris I have listened to and watched and you'll be able to hear our notepads flicking in the background of this episode um yeah so I've been a fan of Chris's for a while and as I said I picked out a different session to go to but then I really thought about it and I thought you don't get the opportunity to be in a room with Chris very often so um yeah that was the one I went to and it was about building and uh, monetizing your own personal brand um so we had to start by planning well not planning but listing out the things that we're good at and the things that we struggle at so that we could get a good idea of where we should go with our brand before we started thinking about products or actually what we're going to sell or be in the areas we're going to be interested in we had to kind of map out where we were at um, which I found really interesting because I a lot of people in the room had a big list of things that they were good at and couldn't find many things that they were bad at but I had a big long list for both so I was yeah ahead of the pack well kind of I (laughs) felt like I was it was the first session of the day I Mm. was keen here we go Mm. um then we talked about what makes us unique so his whole thing is about how to future-proof business so if you want a brand that's not going to go anywhere or that uh, sorry no if you want a brand that isn't going to go anywhere in the sense of that it's got longevity yeah um, and you want a business that has longevity then you need to really um, infuse what is different and unique about you and about your business in everything that you do because if you do that then which is brand yeah if you do that then there's nobody that can copy you because mm-hmm. it's it's you that you're talking about and it's you are like your new, personal unique. brand yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so um then they talked about infusing everything that you do with that brand so what are the messages that you put out into the world what is your story what does your look say about you and then how does your logo reflect that and how does the colors you use reflect that and how you deliver messages whether that's you on a Facebook Live or whether that's you in your copy or your website or wherever it is, is that all infused with you and your uniqueness? Um, and we talk a lot about that in terms of my business, Port Macquarie Performing Arts, because there's there's 100,000 dance schools out there, but we mm. try and make ours very unique by what we deliver and yeah. that we are all about empowering our students and giving um, them a well-rounded education, whereas a lot of people are about we're going to teach your child how to kick and how to turn and how to leap and, and how so, to tap dance like a pro yes yeah. yeah so we um i kind of already feel like i'm walking down that path then yeah. he encouraged us to write our own brand message our own brand statement um that talks about benefits and and outcomes and i found that part kind of challenging in that I can't just yet, I can't yet distill what I do and what mm. I give to the world into two sentences. And mm. that's okay, like really what he was asking us to do. And, mm, and each of these hard. tasks, he kind of gave us a couple of minutes to think about it and, and to go um, around. But then the really interesting thing was he said, these are a group of people that I worked with. And he threw up a photo. And in that photo was um, Clint Salter, who's the coach that I work with in my mastermind. Ah. So 
Clint was part of Chris's mastermind and I'm now part of Clint's mastermind. Oh, so nice circle of life. It, it really yeah. was. Like I was like, oh, hello. And so I kind of snapped a photo of his slide up on the screen and, and sent it to my community, like my mastermind community that I'm part of. And was yeah. like, I come all the way to San Diego and look who's <laughs> staring back at me within yeah. the first, you know, 20 minutes of the first session that I was in. I thought that was really interesting. And then he talked about being consistent. So consistency through um, the delivery of, of our products so for me in the dance school every class should have that consistent message and that consistency that comes through as well as our website should be consistent with our brand me as a person should be consistent with that brand our teachers should be all consistent with that brand and making sure that that brand really um, follows through on all of the touch points of our business Um, the biggest um, kind of selling thing that he was talking about in terms of um, the future was that we used to talk about businesses in terms of B2B, business to business or Mm. B2C. You were either working in a B2B space or in a B2C space. And he was saying that that doesn't really matter anymore, whether you're talking to consumers or you're talking to businesses. The whole business landscape has changed to be a P2P, person to person. Yeah. You're selling to people people are buying from people that's right they want to know your story your unique story yeah and however you can infuse that unique story of yours into um, your personal brand and into your business brand um, will make people know like and trust you more and therefore be more willing to put their money down and um, align yeah align with you yeah and and what you're giving to the universe so Mm. they were my takeaways from Chris Ducker um, consistency is key. You talked a lot about consistency in terms of um, what you do and, and the the content that you create. And I thought, um, you know, I gave myself a little pat on the back because as far as our Miss Bossy Boots podcast is concerned, in the early days we were just putting out an episode whenever we could and mm. whenever we got around to it. But mm. in the last 18 months we've been very consistent mm. in releasing an episode every fortnight and that's really paid off mm. for us. So I was kind of like, yeah. You speak the truth, Chris. Yes, yes. And and there's consistency in, in frequency because, um, and I guess that's that kind of, that customer-centric kind of thinking where you're actually thinking, this isn't about me. So, you know, especially with what we're doing with Miss Bossy Boots, we're delivering, you know, content every couple of weeks from our point of view, we you know, we're coming in and talking and sharing. But if we decide not to do it and not to publish one for six weeks because we're busy, it's become about us. Yes. But actually why we're here, our bigger why... It's not about us. It's not about us. It's actually to share with people so that other people feel better about their journeys with with business because we feel better when we share our journeys with each other so it is about putting yourself in somebody else's foot and not just thinking about your business objectives somebody else's shoes shoes oh my That's gosh the second time, the second time. It's, Jane i do it said all the time before we hit record she said i've just got so many balls in the balls fire. in the fire <laughs> i was like do you mean I balls in the air <laughs> I don't even realise I say it half the time. I used to say I've hit the hammer on the nail all the time. Honestly, I kind of get half the saying there and... But, you know, you know what I mean. So. I do. And, you you know, your brain goes 100 miles an hour, so I get yes, it. Yes, yes. So, um, great. Well, the first, the first one that I went to was about creativity, as I said. Mm-hmm. It was with a guy called Duncan Wardle, and he worked for Walt Disney for 20 years. So Brilliant. this is what 
intrigued me and um, piqued my interest because anything Disney does I mean you see I'm not a Disney fan in terms of I went to Disney for the first time in um last year when I went to and granted I went to Tokyo Disney so it's probably not the same as the USA one but it should be because from a brand point of view Walt was kind of known (laughs) for his consistency um but I didn't get it. Like, I just thought, are humans the most stupid people on the face of this universe? Like, who the hell lines up for two hours for some of the worst rides I have ever been on in my life for a whole day? Like, this does not make sense. I'm the calling it. place on earth, Jane. I was not happy. I was bored out of my brain. It was absolutely pouring with rain. The kids... Um, Henry loved it. So Henry was eight at the time. The girls liked a few rides. Like, they loved it. They were with their friends, you know. They're, um, they're still kind of childlike. But still, like, they would much rather the Gold Coast thrill, the thrill of the Gold Coast rides. They're all about, you know, adventure Fast and thrill-seeking. And, yeah. and, and I didn't grow up on Disney movies. Um, my kids haven't really grown up on Disney movies. So... For me, it didn't resonate. I'm probably so the on one person. what got you into the room for this for your first session? Because this was the one I gave up to go to Chris's. It was because from a marketing and branding point of view, Walt Disney is like um, folklore. Yeah. So any kind of brand Bible that you read, yeah. it quotes References Walt Disney. Disney. Yeah. yeah. And, and in every example, you know, he's the best one to illustrate vision, you know, create mm-hmm. the happiest place on earth. He's the best one to um, create a customer-centric experience. He's the best one to be the most creative. He's the systems. He's the consistency. Like, he is the poster boy for global marketing and creativity. So that's why I went to that. And I tell you what, it paid off. So obviously it wasn't Walt Disney (laughs) taking the – but I think this guy was responsible. You know, anything that wasn't Walt was pretty much him. He was was like PR Um, and started off with the business, you know, kind of in the coffee rooms kind of thing, Um, but worked his way up and he'd done – like an amazing amount of their most, um, you know, wild publicity stunts throughout throughout the, the last 20 years. Anyway, he had some awesome takeaways about inspiring creativity within your workplace culture. So a lot of this kind of stuff's pitched to enterprise. You know, I think a lot of people who are here are part of big business. They're yep. not necessarily – there are a lot of kind of sole social media marketing, but they consult to other business. Yes. So it was more about that workplace, but you could take it, you know, you could take it and apply it to to anything. But um, some, uh, he went really quickly. So like I was like writing the whole hour and a half. He did a lot of interactive workshops, but some of the kind of key takeaways were, um, was there's this one um, brainstorming example where he gave the example of someone standing up. So he did this exercise himself. He stood up, he had his flip chart of paper and he said, you know, most people when they inspire brainstorming, they get like 20 people in a room. There's someone up the front with a with a flip chart and they're going, throw me your ideas. And so he did that. So he said, you know, okay, we're talking chocolate sundae. Throw me, what kind of toppings are we going to put on this? And, you know, people were just throwing out singular. Smarties. Smarties, whipped cream, you know, freckles, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. 
And so he had this, you know, list of ingredients to, to and he said, okay, so what have we got now? We've got, we've got a list. We've got a list of ingredients. We haven't actually got an idea. We haven't got a product. We haven't got a movement. We've just got a list of things. So it's a really ineffective way of, of conducting a brainstorming. So his idea was to get you into groups of four, not three, not five, four. It has to be four. His principle was basically around, and he did a whole heap of things to kind of prove a lot of these points, which I won't go into detail. But basically he was saying 70% of any organizations are introverts. So he said, you don't want just the 30% of extroverts contributing to that brainstorming. You want to, we want everybody to to participate. So that's why there has to be this four. Mm Because he said, people who are introverts, if there's three or they're five, they'll hide. They can hide in the unevenness of the group. So you do it in four, but basically the way he does it, he says, this is what success looks like. And he drew a T on a piece of paper and he said, at the end of this, what we want is a title. We want a couple of sentences and we want a picture. And what we're going to try and do here is brainstorm a product, a new product. So then he demonstrated the way that he would facilitate one of that group. So one of those groups. So there was four people sitting in the group. He had the T-shaped piece of paper. And he actually said at the end, he said, notice I didn't actually write down anything, any of the notes that I was writing as I went because I wanted to keep the focus and keep the focus in the facilitation of conversation. So instead of just going, okay, throw out your ideas, you know, he said, okay, we're going to develop a chocolate. We need to develop a chocolate for Valentine's. So, you know, somebody start with an idea. So someone said, well, maybe we could do chocolate filled with strawberries. One of the other key takeaways that he'd given us earlier before was, and again, there was an exercise, he said, rather than saying when people are in idea phase like this, instead of saying no but, always answer somebody's suggestion with yes and. So that doesn't necessarily mean that you accept their suggestion, but instead of just going no but and so that they completely turn off, yes and. So this person says chocolate cherry or whatever they said Mm -hmm. yes and what could we put um with that chocolate cherry and somebody else chimes in oh we could do it um you know with some coconut um dip you know or you know coconut stuff that goes over the top right yep okay and what how do we think we're going to package those oh we can put them in this and and it goes on and on and on so there's just this curiosity that goes with this process that just keeps asking and expanding and because it's just in that kind of framework and dynamic by the end and literally within four minutes and then he got us to do that exercise within four minutes you had a full product the the title of the you know the name of product name a couple of sentences of exactly what that product was going to look like what price it was where it was going to sell what the packaging was going to look like wow because you've done it that way as opposed to going Here's the list, you know, someone standing up the front with 20 people. Like how many yeah. people, honestly, when you've got 20 people in a room, how many people are actually going to facilitate, participate in that? Yeah. They're not. No. So there was just, that, that, that was one example. There was so many other examples that I thought, wow, that's actually significant. They're, they're quite significant tools to take and apply to any. Yep. To a team, to when you're on a committee, when... You've got staff when you're doing strategy. 
yeah. when you're trying to come up with a new idea. It's so good. I thought the dynamic of four as well, and it, and I just I just thought back on all of those group dynamics where you're in big groups. Yeah. And someone just throws out a question. And everyone freezes, especially if the question's too big, you know, yeah. and people go, I don't know where to start. Yeah. Do you know? And no, people- I'm not going to suggest anything because I'll sound like an idiot. Yeah. But it's really important. It's really important to have the, and he, there was a few different mindsets, but the, the no but ch- yes, and. and changed yeah. to the yes and was a really important one. Um Excuse me. And I guess, you know, that was just one of the one things that you can do culturally to encourage creativity. So another thing that he said was, you know, in terms of time, he went through and said, you know, where does everybody come up with their best ideas? And everyone was like, shower, run, swimming, um, when I'm going to sleep, you know, da, 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 da. Not one person named an environment where they were actually at sitting work. at yeah. their desk <laughs> at work. So he said that's a huge consideration for businesses to think we're, we're not actually fostering creativity. We're, cross, we're, we're fostering productivity at work mm. and creativity is not productivity. No, it's very different. Mm. So it was just, it was an hour and a half of that. Like that was just like 10 minutes of it. It was just... So powerful. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Even just listening to it, I'm like, oh, wish I was there. Yeah, but you but will yeah, get it on video. We'll get it on, yeah. yeah. We'll watch the videos. Yeah. Awesome. Anything else from that first session? Oh, there was a heat, but I'll, I'll, we'll take we'll up. stop there. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> actually, what I will write, I will be writing lots of blogs after, after these three days and my um, time in San Francisco. So... I'll put some in the show notes. Stay tuned. Yeah. We're going to do another couple of episodes because we've already talked to the length of an episode just about the first two sessions. Um, So we will leave it there for now and join you in a fortnight for session two and three. We'll try and squeeze my number two and three and your number two and three into one episode. Yes. Okay. Sounds good. Talk to you then. Goodbye. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production. 